Today on the Traffic Intel Podcast, we introduced our two new hosts for the show, myself, Zane Tomich, and Wade Robichaud. Wade and I will be discussing all things related to traffic control, transportation, technology, safety, and so much more. As representatives of ATS Traffic, we will also be interviewing key figures in our industry, ranging from product experts to CEOs to our vendors. On this episode, we sat down with Vlad Kotel, who is a regional manager at Plasticade. Plasticade is a leading manufacturer of traffic safety, sign, and rubber products, and is a valued vendor of ATS Traffic. Vlad discussed with us the history of Plasticade, the direction the traffic industry is headed, and some of the top safety products Plasticade manufactures. All that and more, right here on The Tip. the Traffic Intel Podcast. I'm your host, Zane Tomich, and it's a very special episode today because we're introducing two new people, one being my co-host and good friend, Wade Robichaud. Welcome, Wade. Thanks, Zane. Uh, pleasure to be on the podcast today. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun uh, fun episode. I'm really uh, really looking forward to, uh, to diving in deep here with our uh, with our special guest on the podcast today, uh, Mr. Vlad Hotel. Hey. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, thanks for having me. I'm Vlad with uh, Plasticade. Uh, looking forward to spending a little time with you guys discussing something about our industry. I'm real passionate about it. So, you know, definitely looking forward to it. my first ever podcast. So it's exciting. Well, why don't we uh, start with you, Wade? Um, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and why you're here? And for sure. Um, so I've been, uh, I've been with ATS traffic for, uh, for 15 years, kind of done a, a few different roles within the organization. Uh, I've fallen on the role now as a, uh, you know, as the product development and uh, market alignment kind of leader within the organization. So a lot of the products that we vet end up going through a pretty intensive process because they go on the road to protect people and to save lives. So we don't rush that process, especially when we're looking for something brand new technology-wise, whether that be technology in the form of plastic or technology in the form of like a variable message sign or other types of things like that. That's impressive, Wade. It's good to have you. I know obviously you you know your stuff being a, a product expert and uh, it's just a really cool to, to learn the whole background of, of product knowledge and, and getting used to our vendors and, and what they do as well because we have really good relationships ATS and our vendorship as well. Absolutely. ATS traffic really prides themselves on high level, high engagement from that vendor management standpoint and having you know a role like that where we can have these high level discussions uh, with like-minded vendors that are also passionate about safety and innovation. It just makes it that much easier to do the job. On to you, Vlad. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, who you are, who you work for, and, and your background? Sure, sure. Um, so I started in our industry, like Wade and like a lot of others, I'm sure, is, you know, kind of just stumbled upon it by accident. Didn't even know the industry was even out here, you know? I, you know, you always see cones, you see traffic control devices, barrels all over the roads. No one ever thinks, hey, where are these coming from? You know, you, you see them, you're used to them, but no one knows what, you know, that this industry even exists. You know, and to us, it's the biggest thing in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. So back in 08, I started with a company in the, uh, Right, right outside Chicago called RoadSafe. So it's a big national traffic control company in the States, probably the biggest one in the country. And, you know, I, like I said, I came in, I 
not knowing anything, but I knew sales. I've always done sales. So I started doing sales there. And you know, it's interesting. I always tell this funny story. A woman that interviewed me, her name's Kathy Holst. So she's been around the industry for a long time, you know, pretty well known. And she kind of did my last interview at RoadSafe. And she said something interesting to me. She goes, you know, Vlad, a lot of people come into this industry. Nobody ever leaves. You know, at that time, you know, I was a lot, a lot younger <laughs> than I am now. Um, sure, lady, you know, I just need a job. You know, this place sounds okay. I guess you guys do this. You guys put these horses out on the roads, whatever. Sure, sounds good. But now, 15 years later, it's what else would I be doing? You know, it's, it's a great industry. Kind of, it definitely sucks you in, right? Definitely sucks you in because people are good. And overall, I think we do good things, right? Yeah. So I definitely enjoy that. You know, that's something I definitely enjoy about our industry. So I was at Roadsafe for a while. I was on, you know, kind of on your side of the business, you know, dealing with kind of the same things you guys are dealing with, doing sales, daily rentals of all our products and services. And about six and a half years ago, I started, I moved to the manufacturing side of the business and I worked for Plastic Aid. We're plastic molders. So we, we manufacture a lot of your traffic control devices, all the oil stuff you see, the barricades, barrels, cones. We also do like a lot of rubber rubber molding and a lot of products that fit into our industry. Very cool, Vlad. Um, so what inspired Plasticade to expand its inventory with traffic safety products such as barricades, sign frames, rubber? Sure. You know, it's you know, and it, it's interesting. You know, with I always say with plastic, you can make anything out of plastic. You can make anything out of rubber, right? And in our industry, we want to become a one-stop shop. You know, we want to be the leader of it. You know, when our customers need products, need good high quality products, eat them in a timely fashion. We want to make sure that anything they need for their the application they're using for the products in, they can get them from us. So we, you know, that that's our goal. So and you know, lucky for you know, lucky for Plasticate, our ownership and our high level management team is extremely aggressive. And what can we make next? What other product do we need? What is this industry industry looking for? So they're very, very aggressive. So, you know, me as a sales guy in, a, in an organization like that, it's very, very comforting to come in knowing that, hey, we're gonna do whatever it takes to become the best manufacturer in, in what we do in our industry. That's really awesome. Going back a little bit to the history of Plasticate, I know it was, you know, a third generationally owned family business. Yeah. Starting actually in the manufacturing of louvers. Louvers. That's exactly right. American louvers. Yeah. So we started a history that we can allow you to expose us to about where Plasticate actually started. We'll let you in a little bit behind the curtain. Yeah. Behind the curtain of Plasticate. So yeah, as you said, we we are a third generation family owned company. We started back in, I think, 1954 making louvers, you know, and then we've since, of course, expanded our our business. We, we no longer do the louvers. We sold that part of our business off. But things, you know, 70s, 80s, I think, and I don't know the exact dates, but there's an always an old story where we, we came out with the first ever all plastic barricade. Because before that, you know, in our industry, everything was made out of wood. Everything was made out of steel. Mm-hmm. Like instead of drums, instead of these plastic drums, everything was fi- literally 55 gallon steel drum. That's what was used. We started, so we came out with this all plastic barricade. I think it was the grandfather, if I'm not mistaken, of our owner, where he would drive to all the different contractors, traffic control companies and there's an old story where he'd be in this old Buick and he would set up this all plastic barricade in the you know in the parking lot, get run over it, pick it back up, <laughs> set it up and run over it again, you know. And that was the way he sold it. He, you know, sold safety before anybody even thought safety. Right. That was very exciting. And after that our product line began to grow. And now we do three different types of plastic molding. We do blow molding, injection molding and extrusion. Mm-hmm. And we also do rubber compression molding as well. So we've oh, grown our business, you know, obviously from making louvers all the way 
way to making a full line of traffic control products. We also have a sign frame division. You refer to them as sandwich boards. All those A-frame signs you see in malls or out of, you know, outside of an old Navy, which says 30% off of jeans today. If you look at them, I guarantee <laughs> probably 95% of them say Plasticade. And we're the largest manufacturer of plastic sign frames in North America at this point. You know, we do run one more, one bit, one line of business through our American Lure name, and that's our HVAC division. So all these vents and grills and registers that you see that are made out of plastic, aluminum or metal, we make them out of plastic. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, so those are the three different lines of business that we do. Traffic safety, sign frames, and our HVAC division. Oh, very cool. So definitely grown, grown quite a bit. Even, you know, since I started, I was a customer of Plasticade, you know, when I was at Roadside when I first started. I remember in 08 when I first met Plasticade, you know, you open up the, bro- the brochure and it was, you know, three products on one stop page, three products on the other. That was <laughs> it. And I think today we have, I know we have two catalogs or three and yeah, I think, you know, 40 to 50 pages in each of them. So yeah, it's definitely grown. And like I said earlier, you know, it's, it's great to have that kind of ownership who's committed to growing the company and reinvesting back into the company. Well, that's fantastic. So I guess like talking about the ownership group being fully committed to servicing the industry, what would your thoughts be on, you know, what makes Plasticade the premier manufacturer then, as you kind of spoke about in the United States or maybe in North America? Sure, sure. As I, you know, as I alluded to earlier, you know, we have, you know, we now have multiple catalogs. We have a full line of traffic control, traffic safety products to fit any type of application. You know, we've gone outside of our traditional plastic molding to now include rubber compression molding for, you know, parking stops, speed bumps, wheel chocks, rubber bases for a lot of our plastic devices. And of course, our, you know, our newest our newest endeavor, which is our watchdog line of roll-up signs and stands. We're definitely climbing the ladder. And, you know, like in traffic safety, where I believe we are the number one manufacturer in North America, we will soon be the number one manufacturer of roll-up signs and stands as well. So we are attacking all these business lines aggressively. And, you know, just like I said, looking forward to serving our industry the best we can and providing answers and hopefully in turn saving lives, right? I mean, I think that's that's another benefit, right, of being in our industry is we do good things. You know, we're good people and we do good things. So how do you guys take feedback then, say from, uh, you know, public enterprises and whatnot? How do you uh, relay that to improve your processes? Sure, sure. So we do, you know, in the States where I think a little bit, a little difference is we have a lot more, it seems like in the States compared to Canada, and I could be wrong, but it seems like we have a lot more strenuous crash testing and specifications that are drilled on for almost every single product. So any, any product that goes on the road now has to pass is what's called a mash crash test. And if a product protrudes the car in any way, the test does not pass and the product is not allowed to be used on roadways. So, and outside of that, there's also specification on reflective sheeting and the types of devices that are able to be used. And they differ sometimes from state to state, from county to county, from city to city. Kind of breaks down like that as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we take that feedback as, hey, what do we need to do? Our, all our products are crash tested to the latest standards. We are very, very serious about making sure we're putting safe products out on the roadway okay so we're doing that we also take a lot of feedback since as i said you know we are the new kid for example on roll-up signs and stands or we are releasing new products every day that maybe are ready in the marketplace but we want to make them better so what we do is we do a lot of market research as far as getting out to the customers finding out hey you're using these type of products. What do you like about them? What do you not like about them? And we bring it back to our team of engineers and we design around the issues that people are currently having. So we're able to kill a few, you know, a few birds with one stone, right? Provide people with a great product, the Plasticade mains to go along with our customer service and provide a product they actually could use and doesn't have the little issues they're currently having with what they're using now. So. All right. So, Flav, we were just kind of talking about, you know, um, 
being the new kids on the block, that allows you to stand by on the wayside almost and watch other manufacturers kind of develop products. You know what's good and you know what didn't work out so good for some of these other brands. But you talked about, you know, the commitment to innovation, but you took it one step further and, and really drove the first approved, MASH approved sort of device out there from a traffic control pers- uh, perspective, from a sign stance perspective, when that was uh, federally announced, that that was going to be a regulation across the board. For those that are listening in, MASH represents an acronym. And uh, what MASH is, is basically the Manual for Assessing Safety Hardware. And it's basically a uniform guideline for conducting like full-scale crash tests for permanent and temporary highway safety features with pretty stringent and strict evaluation criteria. So tell me a little bit more like why Plasticade decided to go that that next step and really drive for that MASH approval more than sure. anything else. Sure. Well, you know, it is a federal guideline, right? And, and, you know, and right now, especially, you know, with a lot of the federal money being involved in infrastructure, you have to follow the federal guidelines. So when I say we were the new kid on the block, I'm specifically referring to our roll-up signs and sign stand mm-hmm. line of business, the watchdog yeah. line of business. And a part of it was, you know, timing. It was definitely about timing, which the time when we released our line of stands is we released them where MASH was the only test available because, hey, it's coming. You know, NCHRP 350, which was the old crash test standard, is no longer going to be allowed. So we have to test everything for MASH, right? Mm-hmm. And what we did is we, we took it as an investment. It, it is an investment. It's, you know, it, it's it's not cheap to get these products tested. And we said, listen, we're going to crash test all these stands. We're going to be, you know, we're going to have every single one of our stands MASH approved. And I think we're still the only manufacturer to this day that has every one of their sign stands MASH approved at this point. I mean, we even have a sign stand that holds aluminum, that has been tested under in past under MASH, that holds aluminum signs seven feet off the ground. Mm. And, you know, if you've all ever seen a four by four aluminum sign, it's, you know, it's like a big axe coming down at you, especially from that height. So, like I said, I think we're the only manufacturer currently that has an FHWA approved letter for a crash test, for, for a past MASH test for that height. That's fantastic. So, and then, so we said, yeah, if we're going to do it this, we got to do with all our products, you know, because there is going to come a point which, in a lot of states, have already started taking action on it. The feds passed a thing where I think everything manufactured after December 31st, 2019 had to be MASH approved. But of course, each state had sunset dates or, you know, that they set for, you know, their own interpretation of, because obviously you want to give people time to go through their existing inventories so it's not a bear on the companies or the taxpayers for that reason, right? So, but Plastic like I said, is usual, very aggressive. He's usually on the forefront of, hey, latest crash test. We want to put out safe products. We wanted, like I said earlier, we wanted to do good things, right? We want to follow all the rules. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's really interesting information. Uh, learning about the crash testing down in the United States and, the, and that full commitment to making sure that every piece of technology, whether that be a smart piece of technology or a quote unquote dumb piece of technology that doesn't have any, you know, circuitry or anything, but a piece of plastic can be highly engineered. Absolutely. So with that being said though, I mean, I know that, you know, plastic clearly would have to have, you know, engineers on staff. So do you sure. have a sure do you have something, you know, that you could share with us on oh, like yeah. your we, engineering process? Absolutely. We have multiple design engineers on staff. You know, we as, as I said earlier, we were looking always, hey, what are we going to make next? What can we design next? What can we improve? I mean, we've even taken our own products and from feedback from the marketplace, the feedback that we get from our partners in the industry where, you know, we even make constant changes to our existing products just to make them better. 
you know, we've, you know, we've taken a lot of innovation into our uh, rubber facilities. You know, when we bought our rubber company, I think probably it's six, seven years ago at this point, you know, it was an older company. It was, you know, family owned and, you know, also, and, you know, the family was kind of looking to get out of the business. And, you know, we, we were a customer of theirs because they made all the bases for our channelizers and delineators. So we were already a customer, we were very familiar. So we decided to purchase the company. You know, in, especially in the last two or three years, we've updated that, that those factories quite a bit. Put some robotic arms in, made them a little less manually intensive. We could do, instead of doing one base or one parking stop at a time, we could do up to four We by installing these new shuttle machines. So we've definitely, like as always, reinvested back into the company, made to, to make better products and to make safer products for everybody to use out there, right? And we also want to set that competitive cost as well. So in you know making the manufacturing process better enable us to make products cheaper so we could come cheaper to our customers as well. Mm-hmm. Speaking of manufacturing costs, you know, there was those ice storms that happened, you know, a couple of years ago in Texas. And sure. there was a massive sure. kind of upset in the manufacturing of whatever the solvents are or whatever the materials were to get plastics made at before that time, fairly reasonable cost. You know, we've all seen influxes of, you know, inflation. But how critical is it for you folks to have that supply chain uh, in order? Do you do you look ahead and do you plan ahead, or are you more like sort of ad hoc, sort of on demand, get your resins as you need them, or do you kind of? future-proof it a little bit and make sure you have more than enough to kind of maybe prevent such dramatic increases, you know, across the across the industry. Because it's not just you folks that suffered that. Like, any plastics manufacturer across the North American market had, you know, suffered that really intense blow. Sure, sure. And as far as pricing goes, you know, it's, you know, if the last few years have taught us anything is nothing's locked in, right? So you, mm-hmm. you could have a price to start the year and, you know, from our suppliers, and by the time June rolls around, that price could be 25% higher. You know, it's, it's, it's happened in the last few years. We've all seen it. Mm-hmm. But we've all seen it in every aspect of our lives. You know, you go into a grocery store, price of meat has skyrocketed, you know, and it can be different things at any time, right? So we want to obviously control costs as much as possible. But what we're more focused on is having the product available. We want to make sure, yeah, we understand costs are going to fluctuate. They're going to go up, they're going to down, but we can't do our job and our customers can't do their jobs if we don't have products to ship them. So we definitely, definitely take a lot of time to try to forecast as much as possible. And it's hard. And you all know from your side of the business, it's hard to forecast on, you know, month to month, year to year, because this industry is so up and down and it's so weather dependent, you know, as far as timing goes, you know, you can yeah. have jobs start early, jobs start late, jobs run late. It's, it's hard to form, but we do take a lot of time to try to forecast the best we can. And knock on wood is, you know, for those last few <laughs> years when things did get close, you know, on the plastic side or the resin side where, you know, maybe demand was hard, you know. We've got lucky to where we've we've kind of cruised through it to where, you know, it, it, we had some close calls, but we've made it through without really necessarily running out of any of the resins. We've been able, because of our forecasting and our good purchasing department, we've definitely been able to stay on top of our game. And not that we didn't struggle. I mean, you know, supply chain is still a, is still a struggle in a lot of aspects. But, you know, I think, I, I think forecasting ahead, being prepared and, you know, finding multiple vendors for different products, you know, for, you know, that we're, that we're trying to do that maybe we haven't worked with in the past. And hey, we want to make sure that we have products, like I said, ready to ship to our customers so they're able to get out of the roads and do their jobs. That's really awesome, bud. Really awesome. And one last thing here, uh, sure. just to kind of top it all off, you know, we talk about innovation, we talk about, you know, the new kits in the block with new products. What's the newest thing? What's the newest plastic you know, thing coming out from Plasticade right now that sure. you know, you'd like to kind of chat about? The biggest thing, I think our hottest product, okay, let's say this way, I think our hottest product, meaning that's 
growing in sales year over year, month over month, I think is our Pathcade ADA barricade. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with ADA. ADA in the States is the, it says for Americans with Disabilities Act. Mm-hmm. So the specs have been around for a long time is where anytime you take out a sidewalk or a pedestrian path and you need to reroute pedestrians through a work zone, you must create an ADA safe route for them, which means you must create their curb ramps if, they, if, if there's elevation changes, barricades, which is what we provide. We provide the barricades that have to be a certain height. They have to be a continuous handrail, not any brakes. So, you know, if, if somebody's blind, they use their guide hand to get through. It can't be, they can't be more than two inches off the ground. So if somebody's using a walking stick, they can definitely feel it. Okay. Yeah. So you, you definitely have to follow these ADA specs. And even though the specs have been around for a while, the enforcement of them just hasn't been there state to state. Nobody has really enforced these specs. It's just not something people have been used to doing. Mm-hmm. Well, through the last number of years, I would say through the last three or four years, we've really, really seen demand in ADA and enforcement in ADA grow tremendously in different states. And more and more states every single year begin enforcing enforcing these ADA rules. And the federal government is really involved in pushing the ADA specs specifications through the country as well and associating fund funding with making sure you, you have ADA products and your job site. Mm-hmm. Right. So we came out with our new product about I think I want to say about a year and a half ago, which is called our Pathcade. It's our ADA barricade. It's ADA compliant. It's MASH approved. It's one of those things we talked about where there are other products similar to it. We even had a different product before we still do called the Strong Wall, which it's a great product. It's got still it's got many uses. The, the Pathcade is just a little bit different. It's just got a few more applications and it can be you know that it can be used for really really nice product and like I said with all the new enforcement of the rules it's really really been our hottest product and we took a lot of the stuff that's out in the market what people like what they didn't like like I said earlier and I think we built a we built a better mousetrap you know mm-hmm. obviously I'm a little biased but I <laughs> okay. honestly do believe that I think we do have that's a great okay. great product and yeah. it's just the feedback we've been getting from our customers that's fantastic so I definitely think that's probably our hottest definitely our fastest growing product right now absolutely well that's really fantastic it's clear that you, know, you guys are really leading the charge out there and it's interesting to note that there is now a, a bit of a transition to not just protecting people on the road but also there's an equal amount of protection that needs to go into our uh, walking public versus just the motoring public. So that's that's really interesting that how you guys are kind of transitioning and innovating to Absolutely. kind of look after both facets there. Absolutely. And it's you know, it's definitely something that's newer, you know, to the industry, right? Where you know you don't realize how affected pedestrians can become where a sidewalk closed use other side sign just doesn't do it, just doesn't cut it anymore, you know? Yeah. You need to provide a safe route, especially in this world of, you know, distracted driving where fortunately we still see incidents that Obviously, it should be avoidable occur. And, uh, you know, in close-knit situations, especially in urban areas where there's a lot of sidewalk and pedestrians, you got to take all that into account. That's a good segue, actually, into the next question here about, uh, you know, we understand the importance of visibility. I think we all have that grasp for sure. But from a, a traffic control company standpoint, when you're expanding into a new market such as Canada, how do you gauge the importance of that because we know uh, different elements, different road conditions uh, are different across the board in different countries. You know, I know when I drive on rural roads at dark, it's kind of nerve wracking because there's not a whole lot of reflective material going on. There's some, but uh, it's really important to have that visibility. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. You know, as, as I alluded to a second ago, it's, you know, it's, it's the age of distractive driving, right? You know, everyone's on their phones and it's, you know, it's scary. You know, I have a, my son has just turned 16. So we have a new driver in the house, you know, and I make it a point to just constantly have conversations with him about, Hey, you know, 
leave your phone down. You know what I mean? You have plenty of time. You're, you're not going to miss anything, right? And, you know, we're all guilty of it. I'm, I've been guilty of it myself, you know, but now, especially with kids starting to drive, I do try to make it more of a point, especially stay, you know, not do it myself. Show, you know, lead by example, show good habits. And I think we need to continue to do that, obviously, on a bigger scale, right? I think a lot of it comes, you know, with educating the public. And, you know, yes, we, you know, we need more, you know, we need to be more visible. Our industry, people working on the road, whether they're traffic control or construction workers, they need to be more visible, right? And especially now, and I, and I can't speak as much for Canada, but in the States, a lot of big highway work, big road work is now done at night, done at nighttime to not impede on, you know, on the traveling public during the day. Well, what happens at night is, you know, obviously it's a lot darker, like you said earlier, but, you know, so you got to keep these people visible. So, you know, we got to, you know, we got to partner with the right people on retroreflectivity. We got to make sure we're not just putting products out there that just to put them out there. We want to make sure we're up to the latest, you know, retro reflectivity standards as well. So we are visible. And I, like I said, I, we got to continue to educate the public to make sure that, hey, watch out for the people working out there. You know, get off your phones. It's just, it's, it, you know, it's, it, it's, it's got to work. We all got to do it together. Exactly. It's almost like we could come up with a slogan there for you. You can show them the way. Right. With plastic. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, marketing gurus. <laughs> the marketing gurus. Yeah, I can't necessarily take full credit for that. I think that we, Zane and I, both kind of came up with that at some juncture during the filming of our first like plastic A video that yeah. we were making. So <laughs> our, our slogan has always been increase your visibility with plastic aid. Excellent. But you got to say it pause like that. Yeah, increase your visibility with plastic aid. With plastic. Aid. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, like the movie intro guy. We're gonna hire the movie guy. That's right. The movie the trailer voice That's guy. Right. Movie yeah. phone. That's right. Movie phone. Oh, the movie phone guy. <laughs> oh my god. Like, so weird tidbit. Like so, before I came here, I actually uh, managed uh, a movie theater, and for uh, for a short period of time, um, before they went to like sort of these digital versions, yes. I, I was the movie phone guy in Edmonton for all of the Cineplex oh, for like great. two and a half, maybe call it three years. I remember like selling tickets, and be like, hey, you sound really familiar <laughs> to the guy that's on the phone, and I'm like. That's because I am the guy that was on the I'm phone. I'm the guy. I'm the phone guy. I'm oh, the guy. like, why do you keep, why do you keep that face when he's when you find out it's me? Yeah. Why don't you yeah. tell me the name of the movie yeah. you'd like to see? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know. Um, anyway, it's, it's off track. We When it comes to work zone safety, you, you know, over time. I'm sure, you know, not just plastic, but I'm sure yourself, Vlad, having been in the industry, you've noticed some trends. What are some of the most unique trends, maybe on a, on a highlights and a lowlights? Like, what are some bad trends that you've seen kind of starting to come up? And then we can top it off with, like, what are some really good trends that you've seen kind of come out of the sure, industry? Sure. You know, well, like I said, I, th I, th I think the distracted driving, like I said, is definitely a bad trend. You know, the lack of, you know, educating the, of the general public. I think we definitely need to do more of that. You know, and, and I don't know about it is in Canada, but definitely in the States, you know, you talk to people who maybe aren't in our industry. They don't know necessarily what the stripes mean. You know, they don't know necessarily what, you know, the different signs mean. All they see is a lot of orange. So we definitely need to do, you know, need to do, I think, a better job of that. You know, mm -hmm. uh, some of the good trends, like we also talked about earlier, is the crash does. You know, we've definitely made products definitely a lot safer. You know, each state's definitely, you know, try to take traffic counts into account. You know, on different sides of our business, there's smart work zones, you know, that help out with the queue to make sure, because I think that's where a lot of accidents occur, right? So smart work zones that have sensors that let people know, hey, two and a half miles ahead, there's something coming up. So that kind of stuff to see is kind of cool, you know, and I'm looking forward to the next number of years where, you know, we're going to get into some of this self-driving stuff. A lot of yeah. this electric cars are coming, you know, 
I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what else people are going to come up with. For what sure. Are the cool things. You know, something's coming. Every yeah. year you see something cool is coming, something new, something different. So I'm definitely excited to see where this industry goes because like, it's always evolving. It's always, you know, always getting, always getting better. With that electric cars that are coming through there, we actually, uh, there was a test done recently uh, by the University of Alberta here in Edmonton on, um, on a smart car's ability to, like a Tesla or whatever, using sort of LiDAR based driving. Hmm. Its ability to detect work zones and the devices in the work zones so that it can navigate through that. So cars that have technology now, you know, the lane keeping assisting and, and even self-driving or pilot assist modes, they kind of do lane centering because they look for the marking on the road. But what they don't necessarily see is the device that's sort of telling them to go a different way when the markings stop, right? And so that's where there's a really unique study. I'll, I'll share it with you after uh, yeah. after the podcast today. And maybe there's another way for uh, maybe Plastic Aid and ATS to get involved in a secondary you know, follow-up study sure. for smart vehicles and how they can interact with a work zone without you know potentially causing a little bit of havoc. That's sort of the guess right now is like, can they really identify a barrel versus delineation tube and what the tangent is and what the taper is. I think the technology is out there. You know, I've seen it. Is it widely used yet? Is it fully proven? I don't think so. Yeah. I've said there yet either. <laughs> yeah. I think I've never been in a self-driving car, but I don't know if I could, I don't know. See, I don't know if I could lose that much control. Yeah. I'm not even a huge fan of uh, cruise control and I yeah. drive all the time. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, I kind of want my foot on the pedal. I kind of want to feel, you know, I kind of want to feel that, you know, that engine yeah. a little bit. Absolutely. Even with the lane control thing with some of the new cars that you see today i've had that on my car and it's a little bit weird to get used to yeah because like you said i like to control myself as well so maybe we're not quite at that point yet where we can trust computers sure. yet so sure. who knows absolutely yeah. i mean a lot of people a lot of people are a lot of people works you know everyone's getting electric cars they want to get these self-driving modes hey that's great listen i'm like i said i'm excited to see where yeah. it goes i'm personally just not quite yeah. not quite ready to give that kind of control up in a vehicle when i was in you know, traveling last week i do try and rent different cars and i thought let me try an electric car and it yeah. had autopilot and a bunch of stuff. And, and I can tell you, I was just, it actually, I had it on and I was so stressed out yeah. that I had to turn it off. I turned off all the features. <laughs> I'm like, That's right. and, then at the, and then at some point I was like debating with myself, like, why did I even get this car then? Right. If I turned off all the features that I thought I really wanted to use, right. you know, That's funny. you That's know, and not even, you know, you know, to even go further down the line, like I wasn't even used to like how you had to charge it. Right. So I'm driving and, you know, like I'm running out of battery and I'm like, oh my God, like am I going to run out of battery? Well, that's like, the concern, right? Yeah. It's, you know, for somebody like me who, the new, you know, who travels a lot and, you know, goes city to city within a certain week, you know, I could hit three, four, five cities in a week sometimes, yeah. depending on the area, you know, the country I'm in. And at this point, I think it takes a lot more planning where, yeah. you know, okay, I need to stop here to charge. And then I need to stop here to charge. And, and it's so much more time because it's not like absolutely pulling up to the gas station. Well, yeah, right now I can pull up the highway at every exit and get it, you know, and, and <laughs> yeah. pull up my truck with gas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a little bit more exactly. So, you know, but like I said, as infrastructure is coming, I think we're going to all be directly involved, right? Yeah. They're going to need road construction. They're going to need, you know, change utilities to build a lot of these charging stations. And, you know, when you come to the self-driving thing, like I said, you know, there's, there's going to be sensors involved, I'm sure. And there's, you know, so there's definitely going to be a lot of work for us to do over the next, you know, 10 to 20 to hopefully 30 years. Hey, none of us are leaving this industry anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> we're never leaving. We're never leaving. <laughs> we're, we're stuck here in life. That's right. Yeah, so we're, you know, we talked about the trajectory of the traffic industry and where, you know, where plastic is heading. You know, ATS traffic is heading in a very specific way as well. We are all a community of traffic safety professionals, whether we own a 
traffic control company, whether we work for the DOTs, maintaining our roads, we all have a like-minded you know, mindset of like saving a life is saving a life. How we get there doesn't really matter because that's the most important thing is you know, working on the road. And, and that kind of leads us into sort of the wrap up to our conversation today about community and the word community and the meaning to it. So, you know, I'd like to actually throw it to Zane here. As a young professional, you know, in the traffic safety industry, working for ATS Traffic, what does the word community really mean to you, Zane, from a traffic safety perspective, from your perspective? I would say having awareness and being connected. And I think obviously with the connection part, we're going to see more improvements with that in the future with the innovation aspect and the things that we talked about earlier with smart cities. And I think that's a great idea. It's just going to be something for especially people from a more traditional sense to kind of get used to the idea of, you know, and awareness is obviously a key factor as well when it comes to community. And it comes down to who do I share the road with? I know personally the stakes are high when I know my mother's out there driving, my father's out there driving, my friends are out there driving. So as a road user, I share the road with people I care about and vice versa with you guys, I'm sure. So I put that into perspective when I think of community and understanding. I got to care about everybody and, and my loved ones and make sure that I'm doing my part to not distract myself because we're really distracted these days. Are we not? <laughs> Absolutely right. Absolutely. And you said it really well. Who do I share the road with, right? So obviously with the other vehicles, but then what about cyclists? What about runners? You know, what about pedestrians that we talked about earlier? A lot more of these cities, you know, across the world now are becoming more and more bike-friendly cities, mm-hmm. right? Everyone's, you know, encouraging people to get outside, encouraging people to exercise, <laughs> ride your bike, you know? And we're installing bike lanes everywhere. We're sharing, you know, roads. We got to be aware of those people as well, you know? And they're coming out of everywhere. Maybe they don't have lights. They're not as big, right? Motorcyclists. I mean, that's a huge issue in our industry as Motorcyclists, you know, a lot of people don't know how to treat motorcyclists. You know, they get too close, they follow too closely, and you know, let's be honest, motorcyclists themselves, some people do things probably they shouldn't do. You know, I'm not saying they're bad by any means, you know, but we need to be aware of not just vehicles, but pedestrians, bicyclists, motorcyclists, things that we're normally not used to anymore. Scooters, scooters, yes, little yeah. Vespas, those, yeah, or oh, those city scooters, the, yeah, like the limes and the yeah, birds, yeah, and, yeah, exactly. Those are they're fast. We were in Phoenix at ATSA recently, and like, and they were everywhere, they're everywhere, and, and, they, and they're on. The road. They're on the road. It was terrifying. So many new distractions. So, like you said earlier, so many new distractions. How do we get away from it? How do we stop it? How do we become more self-aware? And how do we get everybody else to do it? Mm-hmm. That's the question, right? And that's what we're here for, right? And let's figure out a way to do it so we save lives. You know, people come home. Exactly, saving lives is super important. You know, from a community perspective, though, Vlad, like you know, as a manufacturer. What does the word community mean from a manufacturing perspective? I think it's teamwork to us. You know, it's it's teamwork. It's how do we, you know, how do we make products that are going to help not only, like we said earlier, you know, not only the bottom line of a company, but right, how is it going to help for your company perform their job? How is it going to keep your workers coming home to their families every day? Mm-hmm. How is our products going to help the pedestrians to come home every day? How are our products going to help, you know, the motoring public, the bicyclists, you know, the eighty-eight, you know, people with handicap? How, you know, how so you think about that kind of stuff is what we do every single day and how is it going to affect the community and the world around us totally and you talk about education there and, the, and public education on the products and i think really we've done a great job classic aid ats traffics of the world educating industry and educating maintenance contractors and educating end users and construction companies of the benefits and features of the orange things of the sign stands of all these devices out there where i feel the gap is though a little bit and this is maybe just generally on our industry. So we 
maybe haven't done a great job educating the motoring public on why they're there. It's a huge inconvenience. Absolutely. Before I was in the construction industry, I'm sure before you were, <laughs> it was like, oh, God, another construction zone. Like, it's taking me forever. What an inconvenience, an inconvenience, inconvenience. Like, always, like, frustrating to mm. go through these things. But then being in the industry, though, and, and now going through my own construction zones and being slowed down on purpose. And, and it, yeah, it does upset a little bit of your day-to-day drive and things like that. But I think the public and our community of traffic safety professionals need to kind of get together and say, hey, I know that you really get frustrated sitting in traffic in construction congestion. The reason we have you going 50 miles an hour or kilometers an hour, you know, our zones are 80 kilometers an hour, 60, depending on you know the application and, and where it is. But we do that on purpose. It's not to be a bothersome. We don't want to bother you. It's to make sure that the moms, the dads, the sisters, the aunts, the uncles, the friends, those workers out there, they get to go home alive. And you also get to go home alive because you're not speeding through there. And should a you know, front-end loader potentially just back out a little bit further onto the road, you weren't paying attention because you were going too fast to make a corrective action to prevent you from colliding with that large piece of equipment. These are all the things you need to consider. So we're not just bothering you. And I know it sucks because it happens to us too. It sucks for us too. But these things are designed to save lives. And if if the public just understood that a little bit better versus taking construction and say, it's annoying. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's how do you do it on a grander scale, right? Yeah. Like, you know, we're all obviously, the three of us here are passionate about this business. Absolutely. Passionate about it. And it's such a close-knit industry, right? So we go home, and if, you know, if you're hanging out with your friends, you're hanging out with your family, you can't help but talk about it, right? Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm pretty confident that most of my family and friends understand things that most of the general public doesn't, right? Because they talk about it so much, right? Oh, this is what happened at work today. Or, hey, this is, or we're driving in a car. Okay, see, these are our barrels. See how they're set up this way. This is why they're doing it this way. You know all that type of stuff and but how do we do that you know obviously you know we can't educate everyone so how do we do it on a grander scale mm-hmm. that's the big thing yeah and that's another thing that you know go back to the word community how do we do that how do we find a way to get everybody involved yeah maybe it's not something you know i'm a good idea man it's a good idea to get people involved but how do you do it right it's that's the million dollar question yeah. right how do we get a life question is yeah. how do we get the community <laughs> involved yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that puts a great bow tie on our discussion today. Absolutely. Sure. It was great, guys. I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Edmonton's been great in March. Never know. I landed, you know, it was warm out. Then all of a sudden, yesterday it was cold out. Now it's snowing and only, you know, about 20 feet wide of a street. I don't know what's going on out here. <laughs> but it was great. I had a lot of fun and got to go to the Oilers game, which was great to see. Yeah, absolutely. Another win. So, guys, I appreciate the hospitality. I hope we can do this again one day. Absolutely, we will. Except from Chicago. Absolutely. 100%. Take this thing <laughs> Let's take it to Chicago. Gotta do a tour. Gotta do yeah. Podcast we'll do, tour. We'll do a podcast right. tour. Watch out, Joe Rogan. We're coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Howard Stern. Uh, That's right. Get your heart out. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, Vlad. We really appreciate uh, not only the conversation today. We've developed a, a really good relationship and an and outside of work friendship. But we also do, from a corporate standpoint, ATS Traffic genuinely values the partnership that Plasticade has with us and your commitment. The same as our commitment to drive safety and innovation. And at the end of the day save lives and that's really what it's all about is trusting our leaders in that traffic safety industry to do what's best 
for the motoring public. So thank you so much for uh, for being on the podcast today. And once again, everybody too, anybody listening right now, obviously subscribe to our channels there. We're on Apple, Spotify, basically anywhere you can listen to your podcasts. A tip is on there. So just like, comment and subscribe and uh, we'd really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. From ATS Traffic, safety forward. Thank you.